There will be spoilers ahead. Lots of spoilers, so be careful, won't you? Max, I'm going to say this one more time. I was just sitting around the house, minding my own business, when this huge Wookiee burst in, demanded something. I mean, who the hell can understand that phlegm-throated bullshit language anyway? Mm. I said, listen, man, I don't know what you're talking about. There was a lot of mumbling. I, I think he said trash compactor. Truthfully, he smelled like a wet dog and, you know, not in a good <laughs> way. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. A Anyway, next thing I know, I'm like the subject of a massive swirly. There's more growling and stuff. I think, I think he like said the word wife and I'm like, wife, do you see a life knot on this finger? You gondar the seats up. There is no wife. You know what he does next? This scruffy looking nerf herder drops my head in the water, walks to my hallway, and pees on my carpet. You ever smell Wookie piss, man? That is stink you do not forget. You also don't get it out of a rug. So someone owes me another rug. And get this, you will not believe this, but there is another Darth Vader nearby. <laughs> True. Lives up in some big space station thing above the planet or some so I figure it's this guy that owes me because this thug comes and pees on my carpet because he thinks I'm this other Vader guy. Worst life day ever, man. And you know what's worse? None of this makes any sense and we got a show to do. Max Mike Movies, twisting the crap out of film since 20... Something. Something. No, Star Wars has nothing to do with today's entry in our series, quotes, unquotes, and quotes, because that film is the Coen brothers, The Big Lebowski. Then again, my opening is as clear as, on my right, the most <laughs> dude there is, laid back Max Levine. Lay it on me, laid back. Easy, man, there's a beverage involved. <laughs> and I, I am the Walter to his dude, 60 lanes, Mike Luce, but you only get to use one. Before we make this, before we make even less sense, let's give you nice people a chance with our... Poll question. Last week, we asked you to identify a quotable movie with one of its lesser known quotes while still evoking said film. These were your well thought out answers. Dave, Dave was first with Liebchen Sweetness Watch, Ten Watch, Such Watch. <laughs> Obviously from Casablanca. Thanks, Dave. Oh, great scene. Adam Mark was next posting this exchange. Say, Ferris? Excuse me? Well, a group of us are collecting money to buy Ferris Bueller a new kidney, and they go for at least a couple of grand, so say, Ferris? Go piss up a flagpole. Uh, I'm sorry? You should be. Hey, what will you do when you need Ferris? Heartless wench. Oh, we don't really likely need to mention that that's from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but, but we that is one of the lesser known lines, and it, it's a good one. Thanks, Adam. Val Coons, who I hear runs a little show called Q Footsteps on most of this same channel, wrote, quote, I thought this one was going to get me, but I just came up with one. That's right. I had lasagna. Need me to tell you who and where, or do you have it? End quote. She didn't have to tell Max it was from Airplane. Yep. Thanks, Val. Richard Tatum, I can't say Tatum. Richard Tatum. You, know, you can't say Tatum on the air, Paul. <laughs> well, not if you're talking about your Johnson. <laughs> oh, I'm glad he doesn't listen to the show. Yeah, Richard yeah. Tatum offered, quote, you despise me, don't you? If I gave you any thought, I probably would, end quote. Another vote for Casablanca. Thanks, Richard. Yep. What a source. Matt Reisman posted green, trimmed with a sort of pale green with wooden toggles. Night's Tale. Yeah, I didn't know that one, but thankfully he told me so. And Max just told me so. Yep. A Night's Tale. Thanks, Matt. Dan Schaefer's favorite was, can you use a typewriter? No, thanks. I already have one at home. Uh, that one I don't know. Philadelphia Story. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Thanks, Dan. Kelly Cooper, sneaking in under the wire, chose, oh, tentacles. N-T, tentacles. <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> You know that I'm one? I'm not sure what that one's from. It's from Better Off Dead, her favorite teen movie. Oh, okay. I've never seen that entire movie. I just know a couple of bits from it. I've never seen any of it, but thanks, Kelly. Vince, over to the website, might have misread the question. He sent us, quote, 
I can only think of Play It Again, Sam, in Casablanca. It was never said. I know there are some other quotes that are misquotes, but are so close to actual quotes, it seems like nitpicking. We, should, we would never do that. No. End quote. But before no. I can answer and tell Vince that Max and I have been misquoting things for years, he added, quote, I just realized how badly I answered that question. <laughs> I didn't read it right, maybe because it was in English. I am well, sorry yeah. for my snow-filled heart, end quote. <laughs> well, he does only speak Canadian. It's true. Well, we'll blame it on the cold and just leave it at that, Vince. Yep. Thanks. Lastly, email. Real, mm, live, palpable actual. email. This is from Dr. Lauren. Her missive read thusly, quote, Oh dear, even my phone knows my failings. I typed movie, and its first suggestion for the next word was ignoramus. <laughs> Hopefully the following do not fall under the inconceivable category or inconceivable <laughs> in the princess bride. Good luck storming the castle as you wish. That one I. Okay. Oh yeah. That's a biggie. R-O-U-S's. I don't think they exist. From when Harry met Sally, I'll have what she's having. That's a, that's kind of one of the best known lines. So was I going to say good luck storming the castle, but that's yeah. okay. She participated so well. I'm overlooking it. Yeah. Uh, this one from the African queen and I'll take her word on this. Nevertheless, remember that I'm sure okay. it is Catherine Hepburn. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. <laughs> Nevertheless, Norman the Loons. No, that's not from African Queen. No, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. But she has huge tracks of land. land. <laughs> it's only a flesh wound from the Big Chill. That's the problem with those things. You have to watch them every minute. And then the next one. I've been dating for 25 years. I've gotten so I can tell in the first five minutes. Yeah, they're married, or they're gay, or they just broke up with the most wonderful girl in the world, or they just broke up with a real bitch who looks just like me. <laughs> Never seen the big chill, but I'll take a word on that. Really? Four weddings and a funeral. Yeah, maybe it should. Four weddings and a funeral. Nice hat. Okay. <laughs> wow, don't oh, that is a that's an obscure one. Indiana Jones in the Temple of the Doom. I think she means raiders, because the quote is snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Yeah, it's gotta be. Yeah. This is Spinal Tap. This one goes to eleven, which I think is probably its biggest quote, but A League of Their Own. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> From Serenity. My turn. No idea. Wow. And I've seen it. it. Yeah. The Breakfast Club. You'll eat raw fish, but you won't let a guy put his tongue in your mouth? <laughs> you know what I got for my birthday? A carton of cigarettes. Why are you being so nice to me? Because you're, because letting, you're me. letting me. Yeah. Mm, this was nice fun. Thing. Signed, Dr. Movie Ignoramus. End quote. <laughs> wow. Well, Thanks, you Doc. win this week's prize for answer length. Thanks, Dr. Lauren. Yep. That was very comprehensive. What about you, Max? This was your conundrum. I didn't know you played the conundrum. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but my I can't so much now that my ankle hurts. Uh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, there, I don't know. There are there are so many, but I, I think I still just liked. You know, not today, not on Rex Manning Day. <laughs> <laughs> Who glued these quarters to the floor, man? <laughs> I did. Why? I don't have to justify my art to you, Warren. <laughs> That's another sort. That's a movie that is so, such a source of quotes. Well, how about I thought his name was Warren. <laughs> <laughs> What's with today? Today you can you can just keep going. You yeah, know? My, the one I actually picked. Mm -hmm. Not that you asked. But the I one was I, gonna. I know, but we got on a tangent because that's what quotes do. Mine is such a small. It does not evoke the film. It is a throwaway line, and I actually think I said it at the end of last week, which is, "Are my eyes really brown?" Yeah, yeah, it's also Casablanca. <laughs> yeah, but thank you all for <laughs> yes. your answers. They tickle us something terrible. And since we love to laugh loud and long and clear, we just, <laughs> we'd just love it if you'd answer us this. What's your favorite cinematic twisty turny whodunit? Answer us or this marmot will be, well, we don't really have no, a marmot. No. But if we did, we'd um feed it and keep it safe and... Paul okay, George. it wasn't a very good metaphor, but we'd love to hear from you. Right now, you get to hear from us. Lucky you. The facts. Budget, $15 million. In a rather surprise return, the movie made that back and more. Any guesses, Max? I'm going to say $45 million. Oh, so close. 47 Good guess, hey. though. Yeah. This was a writer's film. As oh, such, boy. 
Though characters and dialogue feel loose and real, there was almost no improvised lines. One of the only ones to make it onto screen was the dude calling the Big Lebowski a human paraquat. Paraquat, <laughs> in case you were wondering, is an herbicide often used on pot plants. Yeah. When is a costume not a costume? When some when, uh, of them, I know, I know, and Jeff Daniels provides all his own clothes. Some of them. <laughs> and some of them he uses till this day. Uh, those uh, jellies he wore, apparently he's still... Hmm, bet the smell on those is good. But the rest of it, thrift stores. <laughs> of all the films he has appeared in so far, this is John Goodman's favorite. Yeah. The dude, while at the bowling alley many times... Only bowls once, and that's in a dream. Oops. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I didn't catch that, but yeah, he's always just, t he's keeping score. It's always John Goodman's character yeah. and Donnie who are actually Donnie. bowling. Yeah. Yep. We might wonder how the hell the dude gets by in life. In yeah. the original script, he was to be the heir of the inventor of the Rubik's Cube. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that would have worked as well. That's why they cut it out. Oh, uh, broadcast TV, you're still so innocent. In the worst word transposition since Smokey and the Bandit's use of crumb bun instead of the original some bitch, the dude's line, this is what happens when you f a stranger in the ass, was changed to the head scratch inducing, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. Sure. What? That's, that's what they use. That is like Sam Jackson and, you know, snakes on a plane. I have had it. Oh, let's see if I can remember. I have had it with these Mother truck Monday through Friday oh. snakes on this Monday through Friday <laughs> plane. Huh? Yeah, because... Mm. Oh, not, that's not the dude's line. That's um, Walter. That is correct. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's important. It is important, especially since we're doing quotable films. Yep. Bridges was not instantly intrigued with the script. In fact, mm. he decided to sit and think on it a while and... It was quite a while, because while waiting, the Coens went off and made both Fargo and the Hudsucker Proxy. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, to be fair, there was a little bit of waiting for schedules to open up for him and John uh, um, Goodman, so there you go. The F-bomb, which is going to be bleeped in this show, was <clears throat> used, take a guess. Uh, 150 times? Oh, no, Max. Not even close. It was used 292 times in this movie. Woof. <laughs> the word dude, you are much closer. That was 160. Wow. Yeah. The Coens are, well, not fans as they made the <laughs> film, but Joel has publicly admitted that the movie means a lot more to its lovers than it does to them. Huh. Did Smokey cross the line or not? Only the actor, Jimmy Dale Gilmore, knows for sure, and he's been quoted as saying that he will take that secret to his grave. <laughs> Good for him, because we all know him from, um, um, right. Jeff no, Bridges. no, hey, hey uh, sorry, I just, I know this is going on a tangent. Jimmy Dale Gilmore was a fairly major musician. Okay. He wasn't much, he didn't do a lot of acting, but he was a big deal uh, folk singer, and he produced... All sorts of high-level country uh, folk singers, even some country and western. That's so cool. He, he was a, he was a an icon that not a lot of people knew. He was like an icon, but only within the music industry. So my original comment of and we know him from dot dot yeah, dot still yeah. holds water. But yeah, I actually appreciate the extra uh, information because I didn't know that. So good for you, Max. Thank you. Uh, Jeff Bridges was worried that taking this role might mean setting a bad example for his children, who oh, he boy. was planning on let's see it. Uh, <laughs> but he changed uh, his mind when his middle daughter said they knew he was just acting. Uh, of course, if okay. those are his clothes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, apparently he said this is the character, the dude was a lot like him when he was in college and in his 20s. So it's a lot like a lot of people in college. Probably. Sometimes you just take the work where you can get it. One of the two Ford Torinos used in this film was indeed destroyed during the filming of this movie. The other, it appeared and was destroyed in an episode of The X-Files. Oh. <laughs> Sequel, hell no, mostly. Yeah. 
The Collins, though pestered many times to do one, have stated they simply do not like sequels. John Turturro, who felt he didn't get quite enough screen time with his character Jesus, or he pronounces it Jesus, so whatever, asked if he could get at least some sanction to do a kind of sequel with his character. And then, in 2020, he more or less did in the movie Jesus Rolls, or Jesus Rolls. He also directed the movie. You've heard of that, Max. You know that. I've actually heard the title, but that is exactly the limit of what I know about it. I didn't know it was John Turturro. I didn't know it was supposed to be a sequel. I didn't know it was the same character. Yeah. So I thought it, somebody told me, oh, yeah, it's a movie about Jesus bowling. Well, yes, like, but not that one. <laughs> not that one, yeah. yeah. And why he doesn't say who's Jesus, I don't know. But Search of bowling Jesus. But enough about that, unless, Max, would you like to interject? Uh, no, I got some stuff come, that'll come in uh, later, I think, but no? sure. Okay, right. Hoping you would, <laughs> because that means no more stalling. Yep. It's yeah, come on. Time Let's for the, hear okay. it. If Let's I didn't do the plot, I have to do something first. Oh, um, um, he's, uh, he's doing breathing exercises, kids. He's certainly not doing anything else. The, uh, drug world doctor does not advocate drugs. He just prescribes them. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Plot. Jeffrey, the dude Lebowski is a man sliding as slowly and uncomplicatedly through life as possible. He seems to get by on air and wishes, post-dating checks for less than a dollar so he can buy cream for his beloved white Russians. Yes, I know he calls it something else, but that's what they are. (laughs) Suddenly, into his life come a couple of goons demanding their money. Seems his wife has been borrowing money all over town and not paying it back. Only problem is, the dude isn't even married. Look, the seat's up! They mess him up a bit and leave him with a warning. After a little research, the dude finds out that there's another Jeffrey Lebowski, one with a wife and a lot of money. Since his favorite rug was peed on during this altercation, the dude feels that the big Lebowski owes him. So he goes to collect. And manages to pull it off, taking one of the big's rugs home. But then Mrs. Lebowski is kidnapped, and Big thinks that the dude is the perfect man to bring the ransom to the kidnappers. This might work out, but for one thing, the dude's friend, Walter, an ex-soldier who fought in Vietnam and has wrapped his entire existence around that fact. He insists on helping, most notably by switching the briefcase of money for one filled with his underwear. The dude fights him on this, they crash, the bad guys take off with the underwear, and then things get weird. What unfolds is more or less a Raymond Chandler plot on weed and booze, well, the weed part is new, mm-hmm. as the dude more or less becomes a private detective just to save his own private parts and restore peace to his life. There are goons, other goons, rival bowling teams, a ferret, Busby Berkeley-style dreams of women dressed like bowling pins, and Sam Elliott as a cowboy who may or may not even exist. Take a ride with the Coens and the dude, but don't forget to toke first. The film. So Max, I'm yeah. guessing, don't know this, but I'm guessing you saw it when it came out. I believe I did. I was trying to remember. I think I saw it in the theater. Now, I know I've seen it before, Well, at least I, a couple of times. I only giggle because this is the kind of film that I think a lot of people go, I think I saw it <laughs> in the... I may have, I kind of recall, it has that effect, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Uh, it really does have the ability to make you think, um, did I get stoned before I watched this and don't remember? My note was watching this movie is like getting some secondhand low-grade weed smoke. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of. It kind of is. What, um, I, I got to start with this. Okay. What is with the Western theme? Hmm. This is set up almost like it's going to be a cowboy movie. You have We literally start with a shot of a tumble and tumbleweed set to the song along with the tumble and tumbleweeds. And we have Sam friggin' Elliott and his mustache, the most <laughs> cowboy actor of our generation. I don't know if cowboys really looked or sounded like Sam Elliott, but they should have. <laughs> Doing the narration and appearing a couple of times on camera, the last time looking right at the camera. Yeah. And all these little touches I didn't spot before. Things like when DeJesus shows up. Yeah. They're playing this menacing Mexicali music. <laughs> except. Except that eventually it transitions into Santana's version of Hotel California. <laughs> but they're setting him up like the scary Mexican gunfighter in all of those old movies. 
And even the dude, I mean, we think of that term as like a seven, I guess that, what would that be? The seventies, eighties? Sure. Yeah. That, you know, dude, how you doing my dude? But that goes back to the 19th century. That was an insult. A dude was someone who didn't belong out in the West. Who was a city slicker who, you know, a tenderfoot, a dude, someone who dressed fancy. And see, I thought he belonged on a ranch. Dude who ranch, said, right? Ah, yes, that too. <laughs> Maybe Dude Ranch originally meant like place where city people could come and do That's exactly things. what it meant. Oh, it well, was a ranch go. for dudes. It Just was like a ranch for people slickers. who weren't actually. Yeah, it was a ranch for non-cowboys. And then that sort of. Did, did, that, uh, did you see that? Did that sort of hold up through the movie for you? The Western part? Yeah. No. We knew no, we were in California. So. That's the best we could say. Well, that's West. <laughs> I mean. I'm going to say that this is a Cohenism. Yeah. You know how um, Wes Anderson does odd Wes Anderson things? I think yep. that is a Coen Brothers doing odd Coen Brother things. Okay. So you don't, you know, I, I, I was, I'm still not sure. Well, if you want to carry the metaphor, you could say that the tumbleweed does tumble from the desert slowly into Los Angeles. Yeah, then going and and then off to the beach. I've well, never seen a tumbleweed at a beach. Well, That's, you know, maybe you took a, a cab. But, yeah. <laughs> but so. I could say that we're bringing the past into the present because of the cowboy-like antics of characters like John Goodman's and not so much the yeah. dude, but that that's that lawlessness, I guess, could be not a just, connection of a metaphor. But there's also, as I say, it struck out again with the Jesus when, you know, John Turturro, who picked, who has chosen yet another ethnicity for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, John Turturro. He can, am I Jewish? Am I Italian? Am well, I he's Italian. Yeah, I well, know he is, but he plays a pretty much, he's the Robbie Benson of this of the Cone Brothers. Yeah. How do we feel about that? I don't know. He's playing such a cartoonish character. That's also sort of a Western thing. When they're at the bowling alley and Jesus is walking by the team of Donnie, Walter, and the dude, and there's this, it's right out of an old gunslinger movie. They're doing the death stare at each other in slow motion. I, I don't know. He's more of, he's on screen so little. <laughs> and I have to wonder if the character himself, actual Jesus, is overplaying the accent and the way really? he's dressed. Yeah. So? Well, By making shot... sure he, uh, he pronounces that G on the end of Meng like that. <laughs> Is that what yes, you mean? Yes, but he also pronounces his name Jesus when it should be Jesus. Right. I I, I, I appreciate his performance because, of course, John Turturro in most things is really good. I think the first time I saw him was Quiz Show, and he was excellent oh, yeah. in that. Of course, he's Jewish There's in that. He's playing so, Jewish, yeah. yeah. Boy, is he playing Jewish. Yeah. I, I just, you know, in this day and age, I'm like, why couldn't a Hispanic actor have done that part? And would a Hispanic actor have wanted to do that part? It wasn't particularly insulting, but it was very stereotypical with the hairnet and everything. Yeah. So I, I, mm, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, you just brought up another thing, the, the gold gunfight thing. So that's the yep. West. Like maybe it's a, it's in a metaphor for the fact that in this lawless place, little bits and pieces of that time still show up in today's world. They're just watered down. They're smoothed down to yeah, bowling. Yeah. <laughs> The, fa the fact that, yes, yeah, you know, F it, let's go bowling. That's Walter's bowling. big line. Bowling. That's And the deeper. fact that he's, Walter menaces another player with a forty-five automatic, I, I believe it was a 1911, yeah. and what happens? He gets in trouble with the bowling league. Not the police. No one comes and arrests him. It's, he may have violated one of the bowling league's bylaws, which is way more important to him than the fact that he committed a felony. Well, what amazes me, too, if I remember correctly, they're worried about the cops showing up. And in the bowling game, they don't. But when they go out to the dude's car and they're sitting in it, the police show up in the background, but nobody ever comes to the car and says, yeah. hey, you, get your damn hands <laughs> off her. Okay, oh, funny. yeah. <laughs> so I, but, um, hey, how about this cast? Oh, wow, yeah. Because this uh, is a hell of a cast. It really is. And some real surprises. If you don't oh, mind, yes. I'd like to go with some of the minor characters sure. first. Philip Seymour Hoffman. 
almost unrecognizable. I never seen him play a character like that before or since. Well, and that's one of the things I loved about him is he was Gary Oldmanish in his ability Absolutely. to chameleon his way through just about anything. I remember, I think the first time I saw him was in a film that came out maybe even after this, which was um, Boogie Nights. And mm. talk about two characters that bear no Ooh. resemblance to each you other. You would not know it. He And he pulls off the sort of wound tight flunky so well yeah and he's not in the film very much and i might feel that he's wasted except that he's doing such a good job that i yes. don't and he's you, you know he's this like, character instantly you yeah know who he is and yep. he you know he's like <laughs> who does that's the yeah. kind of character he's playing and if you don't know the rest of the quote i'm yeah. not doing it here yeah yeah and one one surprised me these these weird little background characters like the nihilists yeah. and also <laughs> and who in plays the, them i mean one of them is from the red hot chili peppers flea yeah and yeah. the other one is peter frigging stormare now i only know him from fargo oh no you don't you know him from other places tell me okay first of all he was lucifer in constantine uh okay yeah. and most recently he was chernabog in the American Gods. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. was awesome in that. The man's a chameleon. He can be anybody, and he also plays a lot of different uh, nationalities. And, and this again, I wouldn't have recognized him. He, he he first off, he looks like he's about ninety-five pounds. Yeah. I the barely other, made the connection to Fargo. I yeah. like his face caught the light a certain way. Well, because in Fargo, he barely ever talks. He's just yeah. this incredibly stoic. Menacing. Like you're waiting for that violence to just and it, when yeah. it does, that's what's scary. And here he's utterly he's this weird German, supposedly <laughs> nihilist named Uli. There is a yes, member former of their, porn star. Yeah, there's a member of their gang who doesn't show up till later in the film, and I'm like, is that who I think it is? Ooh, it's ooh. Amy Mann. Amy Mann was plays Amy the Mann tallest the... woman. Oh God! Yes, she has no lines in English. Right? She has she one. Just... Yeah, they're all the one line she has is in German. Oh, that I'm was Amy like, Mann. I didn't know that. What is Amy Mann doing in this? And apparently, just uh, I'm just passing. I'm just passing by. I'm just passing by. <laughs> Another surprise character. That weird giggling videographer in Maud's apartment, Maud yeah. Lebowski. Yeah, I did. A, you, I took him yeah. sitting there. I know what. Who is that face? Who is it? Oh my God! It's David Thewlis. <laughs> yes, it is. It's <laughs> Professor Friggin Lupin. Yeah. This weird giggling. Was it Knox Harrington? Yeah. But I took me. I just name. like was staring. Who is that? Yeah. Took Unreal. me forever. But we have. Uh, well, David Huddleston, so he's actually playing oh. the, the quote-unquote title character. The, the he is big the Big Le yeah. Lebowski, who everyone keeps thinking is Jeff Daniels. He is a character actor who's been in everything. Oh, God. Yeah. If you looked at him, you just go, oh, it's that guy from that thing. And, you know, if I had to be an actor, and I might someday, which is weird, and technically yeah. in a way I am, yep. that's the kind of actor I'd want to be. I don't want to have fan clubs. I don't want to be the heartthrob. I want to be the character actor that's basically just always working because they just need that guy. And sure, I'll do, the, doesn't I'll do have, that thing. Doesn't have the biggest part, no. but he's in everything. Yeah. His IMDB page must be a hundred pages long. And I'm just betting like that's where the fun is, right? Because it's like, eh. <laughs> Character actors. Directors. Who cares if we're fat? You know. <laughs> Thank you, Patton. God, we owe Patton a dollar. And of course, his uh, trophy wife, played by Tara Reid, who is in is forty five years younger than he is. Yeah. So but, he's literally old enough to be your grandfather. Well, and here's the thing: if I remember correctly, we never see them together. Nope. I don't think they're ever in the same scene. Uh, Maybe they're in a photograph. I'm not even sure they're in a photograph. We never see them together, ever. No, so this is one of those cases where they're only doing it to point out that she's a trophy and it's gross. And mm -hmm. for me, that's fine. It works okay. Um, especially because we don't see them doing anything. So mm. whatever. I mean, it's not a very flattering role. I'll give you that. But then we have some of our heavier hitters. Steve Close. Buscemi. Oh, this is another role like, first off, Steve Buscemi never plays stupid characters. He's, you could argue the character in Fargo is not the brightest oh, okay, train on the yeah. track. But, you know, Donnie is so different from the ones he usually plays. I, dude, that's your name. <laughs> yeah. 
I I actually felt that he of all the actors in this might have been wasted. He because, might have been. Because <laughs> Steve Buscemi is can is so capable of doing amazing things. And he does Donnie fine, but there's just like nothing for Donnie to do except spoiler, die. And his death scene's not even that odd. interesting. That's a very odd. I want to get back to that. There's yeah. also we got Julianne Moore as Maud Lebowski. I loved her. She was so cool. She's such a gem in this. She sort of reminded me a little of um, Madeline Kahn in, oh, what the hell film was it? Was it Young Frankenstein? No. Just in general. She yeah, had this, okay. this, this wonderful comedic timing of Madeline Kahn. And to me, that's a big compliment because Madeline mm. Kahn was amazing. She, Madeline Kahn was a genius. But she's just, she just rattles her stuff off and you have to literally sit there and shake your head to catch up. And then you realize, mm. oh, actually what she's saying makes a lot of sense. But Except it's also for the funny. parts that are completely crazy. Like what? Oh boy, when she starts talking about... Uh, uh, the, well, not so much crazy, I guess, but shocking or surprising. Yeah, well, I don't except know. she's trying to. Yeah. And she's yeah. not wrong. She says, ah, yes, the word vagina, that upsets most men. She's not wrong. Men, men, a lot of men can't even say the word. No. Yeah, they like to talk about their Johnson when they're talking about their <laughs> pants, but they're like, oh, the, the V word. No, 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 no. So she's not wrong. Uh, no. Apparently she was pregnant at the time, but didn't tell oh, wow. them because oh. she wanted to do the harness scene on her own. Okay. Where she's flown in on a harness yeah, and naked. spatters paint. So I I just found her delightful. She's not there very long, but I also I really appreciate the fact that she knows what she wants and she just gets it. I don't know why she wants it, but. Yeah, it's kind of baffling because part of it is she decides she wants to have a child not with the dude, but by the dude. Yeah. He just wants, yeah, basically just wants her, him to get her pregnant and then have nothing to do with her or the child ever again. I haven't been so confused since Melissa Etheridge decided, <laughs> you know who I want to father my child? <laughs> David Crosby. That's who I want. There's a gene I like pool I want to get in on. <laughs> um, and now we're, we're working our way to the top. John Goodman. Oh. John Goodman is awesome in this. It's astounding. He is so, he is both terrifying and hilarious. Yeah. And, and I sit there oh, and look at this and go, man, why did you do the Flintstones? Seriously. <laughs> they, I hope they paid him. A, he's, he has not always made the best decisions no. with the movies he's done, but I assume he's got bills to pay. He's got kids to raise. And the first film I saw him in was True Stories by David Byrne. Oh, and wow. even in that... He's got a really good range, and he's just not the usual Hollywood type physically. Nope. But good for him having worked his way through and becoming a top star. I want to say this may have been one of the films that helped him. I'd I, like to think so. I may get hurt for this, but I honestly think he's better than Jeff Bridges is. It's They're very different characters, but they i got to say he's much more exciting. He's much more interesting to watch. And, I, and, and honestly, even though Walter gets... Everything wrong. Yes. And he's always absolutely certain, and he is never right. He is less annoying to me than the dude is, because occasionally you just want to slap the dude. Well, and the dude, well, here's Jeff Bridges. So Jeff Bridges, I want to say, does an excellent job playing this character. Oh, yeah. Um, apparently, it comes slightly from personal experience, <laughs> which... I don't really have that much trouble believing. Um, yeah. I'm sure Jeff Bridges is a very nice person, but he has that sort of slovenly aura <laughs> that makes this fairly believable. But you and do have to sit there and go, at the end of the day, what is the dude's goal? The dude's goal is to change nothing. What is his, one of the la his last line? The dude abides. Yeah. And That's we'll what he wants. Quotes, he wants to abide. Yeah. And it's it's like a sitcom. How can we get back to square one by the end of 25 minutes? And that's mm -hmm. all he really wants. And the only reason he is rising to action is because things threaten his ability to not do anything. So as a character, and it's interesting because the dude has a whole cottage industry based on him. This whole This film is very popular amongst a certain group of people. I'll just leave that right there. You can yeah, decide yeah. who you are. And there have been, you know, again, attempts at sequels. There's been t-shirts. There's There been are conventions. There is the, yeah. the dude convention. If Everybody you, shows up in bathrobes. If you wish to make a pilgrimage 
I have a photo, and maybe uh, maybe I'll give it to you and have you post it on the uh, website. A photo of the original robe and shorts costume. It is in the <laughs> Academy Awards Museum. It's safe. Uh, oh, safe good. For, <laughs> like the Shroud of Turin. <laughs> <laughs> Except the the stains spell yeah. a dirty word if you. Oh yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But Jeff Bridges, I. This is one of his signature roles, whether he likes it or not. Yeah. I don't know this how is he what feels. Most about people it. think of him. Yeah. Yep. So he does a very good job, and it's a Coen Brothers film. It's going to be quirky and weird. I will say it did remind me of another Coen Brothers film. Mm-hmm. It reminded me, especially at the weird plot and the issues with the law of raising Arizona. I could see some of that. I'm not saying it's exactly the same, but it no, does. But there remind are similar themes. Yeah. See our entire episode on raising Arizona. Again, another great performance by John Goodman. Exactly. Yeah. Um, not, not my favorite of their film, but, uh, yeah, it, it's a great cast. And let's face it, that's what the Coen brothers do. They take actors, some of whom might be better known, some of whom might, might not be, and they get them to do great things or allow them to do great things, I should say. Or they get weird people like Jackie Treehorn. That's Ben Gazzara. Holy crap. Yeah. This guy has been in like 800 movies, and he's playing a... Pornography, a respectable pornographer who may or may not be gay because he likes to doodle guys with big dicks. When I, he's I on do the phone. love that moment where the dude, you know, he's talking to Jackie, Jackie's writing something on a pad of paper, rips it off, and leaves the room. And the dude suddenly has like a flash of inspiration I'm going to be a detective. And he does the bit of rubbing a pencil sideways on the pad to see the imprint from the original. Hoping it's a clue. <laughs> and no, it's a pornographic doodle. Yeah. But it's not I, of a woman, it's of it's a guy. A, no, so it's a great moment. I, it's, I think it's the one honest, solid moment of clarity that the dude has through the entire yeah. film. Because mm-hmm. he is either drinking black, I'm sorry, white Russians, or he calls them Caucasians. Yeah. Or smoking pot, or both. Yeah. Or smoking pot and drinking beer. And he's not exactly a deep thinker. Although... But he's not stupid. He's he's not. Except that he keeps hanging around with John Goodman, which yeah. I don't understand. He, oh, no. I'm not saying he has any kind of common sense or good judgment. But he's not stupid because when people... Even when he's high and people are explaining things to him, he picks up on what they're saying. Yeah. They don't have to repeat a lot of it. Yeah. He just he comes at it often from the completely wrong or at least an odd perspective, but he always gets it. Yeah. One of the things that I will say that is often true of, or at least for me, for Coen Brothers movies is even in Fargo, which does not have a lot of action in it, this film is very well paced. Yeah, it I, really moves along. Because it's just about two hours, like an hour 57, something like that. And... It, too, doesn't have a lot of what you would generally call action. And most of the action happens to the dude. Yeah. But I never felt bored or lost. I was interested in that. It's like, what the heck is that? Now it's because I have no idea where this film's going. The only thing I can tell ahead of time, because I did see this once when it came out, and I remembered not liking it very much, and I don't remember much of the plot, which as we talked about, is not really a surprise. Yeah. But the one thing I know is going to happen is the dude's going to get through this, he's going to figure it out, and he's going to remain the dude. I don't know how he's going to do it, <laughs> but he's going to do it. Did you, I know that you've seen this before. Have you seen it many times between? Um, I'd say a couple, maybe two times I've seen it. So. This being the third. Do you, can you remember if you were surprised by the twists in the plot? Not really, because most of the time, i that's one of the things that I think is impressive about the movie. You're going along, you're seeing from the dude's perspective, and the dude is mostly like, what? What yeah. is happening? Why is this happening? And we're right there with him. That's so you, at least how I felt. So you weren't surprised or were surprised by the twist? I was surprised part. by the whole movie. Okay. Because you I said didn't weren't. Think, but. No, no. I, oh, sorry. I was. I was surprised by pretty much uh, all of it. But after a while, it was just like, yeah, okay, I'm sure I, I have no idea where this is going to go. I'm just along for the ride. Yeah. And again, they somehow impart this feeling of being at least slightly high 
without actually making yeah. you high, just confused, which is fine. It worked because that's who the dude, I mean, the dude lives in his little cloud. And when somebody comes around and goes, <laughs> that's when things get weird. So I, I think that that, I mean, let's face it, the Coens are, are really great directors, even if you don't like all their films. I think it's a matter of taste as opposed to skill. Yeah. And it, also with the writing. I mean, I think it's Joel who does most of the writing. Right. And again, if you like it, you're going to love them. Right. And if you don't, you're not going to like any of them. Yeah. Uh, if it makes you, uh, d- helps you decide whether you should see this film if you have or not. My, my, one of my notes was, this is a mystery story for idiots. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> in, in, in every sense. Because yeah. the people who are committing the crimes are stupid. Yep. The people who are trying to solve the crimes don't know what's going on. I mean, to be fair, I think it actually has a lot to do with the way the story is told that we are surprised because quite honestly, after about the first 20 minutes, if Columbo walked in, he's like, yeah, I know who did it. You're, you're coming with me and we're going to go to jail right now. Cause it's the plot. When you take it apart really isn't that surprising, but they do such a good job of keeping you off kilter that you don't see it happen. And then, they, you know, you. they, cause they'll throw things in like the nihilists or yep. Julian Moore's character. And you're like, what the heck is this have to do with anything? And it turns out it has a lot to do with it. So and the stuff that they throw in the dream sequences when he's <laughs> flying or that the bizarre one to what is, I think my favorite song in the, in the movie when they're doing just dropped in, you know, or also known as what condition my condition is in. Right. I think he's been drugged. And we're getting this weird sort of pornographic bowling sequence. Right, with Julianne Moore and women dressed up as bowling pins. It, and Julianne Moore dressed as a Valkyrie, and Saddam Hussein is <laughs> in charge of the bowling shoes, because they point out this is during the Iraq War. Yep. And even at the end, he's chased by a German nursery rhyme. Yeah. The long red-legged scissor man is running after him. Oh, I didn't know that one. Yes, that he was the, the creature that came along for uh, boys who would suck their thumbs, and to keep them from doing it, he would snip off their thumbs. Oh, my God. Yeah, could you, yeah, big surprise, this is a German fairy tale. <laughs> yeah. So but first, put on line. these red hot iron shoes. Yeah, and pretty much. You're not it's doing like, the dance. Where is that co- When he's driving back from Malibu, did you recognize the cab driver? No. That was Ving Rhames. Oh, okay. <laughs> All I know is that you don't say that you don't like the Eagles to him. That's just, no, he yeah. does, he's a big eagle. Yeah, it's the movie keeps you as off balance as it keeps the dude. But it also doesn't do it in this weird artificial way no. where well, like, I would actually want to sort of contrast this to last week's movie. You might be like, huh? But last no. week's movie, one of it was the also big, a whodunit. Yeah. Well, it was, but one of the things that the complaints by the Truman Capote character, who at one point is played by Philip Seymour Hoffman in a different film. Boy, there's a weird connection. (laughs) It's basically like, look, your mysteries stink because you add things at the very end so that we can't guess who done it. Or you add characters. Or you bring up this... You withhold information. Yeah. yeah. And this film doesn't do any of that. It just does this little soft shoe... Or what do they call it? Um... Patter or no, it's like the, distraction, the, song and dance, dance song and dance shuffle thing. off to Buffalo. Yeah, and it's just so artfully done, but it's not arty in that intellectual, oh, only you know the top 1% can get it kind of way. It's it's like sucking down weed smoke is <laughs> what it's like. Also, I just have to point this out. That was not a marmot. No. That was a ferret. That was indeed a ferret. But of course they say that on purpose. If you've never seen a marmot, think groundhog. It's about the same thing, and you would not want that in your past. As much as you oh, don't want God, a ferret, no. you would Oh, I don't I, I I would think I would much rather I, marmots aren't quite as energetic. Ferrets ferrets get anywhere. Ah, the car keys. I see them. <laughs> They're mine. Or I will I, not help you out of this trap. Yeah, yeah, also the dog that Walter has, which he says is a Pekingese, is no, not a Pekingese. No, it's Pomeranian. Yeah. Oh, Pomeranian. It is not No, a it's a little terrier. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad the dog didn't have any bigger <laughs> a part in that film. Now, I do have a, a question, and this will res- come back in our wrap-up. How funny do you think this film actually is? Parts of it, I think, are hilarious. Parts of it make me laugh right out loud. Such as? Anything Walter says. Okay. 
almost any. I mean, so, <laughs> Shomer Shabbos. <laughs> well, and I, I admit because I didn't remember about what was going to happen with this character, and I was just like, okay, so we've got John Turturro playing a Mexican or Puerto Rican. I can't tell which one because the whole Mang thing I think is Puerto Rican. Don't get me wrong. Um, and now we've got John Goodman playing a Jew. Except really, he's thankfully, not. he's a convert. Well. <laughs> And then he gets all upset about that because yep. it turns out he only converted because he married his wife who was Jewish, converted. Then they got divorced. And when the dude points this out, he's like, what? You just like, now it's on, now it's off and makes a big thing. So he, you know, <laughs> I, I, can't, give, I don't roll on Shabbos. <laughs> I got to give the character credit. When he commits, he commits. But a lot, I just, even when, uh, you know. They're talking about, yeah, it's like Lennon said, man, who benefits the most? And Donnie is there. I am the walrus. <laughs> I am the walrus. Because he thinks it's John Lennon. And, right. And Walter just whips around, Vladimir Ilyich Yulanov, Donnie. God damn. <laughs> yeah, so, I think he's fun. I think he's very funny. The rest, I don't know. Most of most of it doesn't isn't laugh out loud funny. It's mostly quirky and strange to me the, anyway. The only out loud laugh I had, it's late in the film. The dude is driving alone and he's smoking with what are the, what are the, do you know what they he's call it? a roach clip. A roach clip. Thank you. Because half I've read of, about them. You've heard. Oh, God. Thank you for doing the research. Oh, sure. <laughs> he's dry. He, and half the, the joints that he's smoking are roaches. The tiniest yeah. little. And I'm guessing they're somebody else's. I don't know. Yeah. But he's driving and smoking this thing and he is done, so he tries to get rid of the roach, and it falls in his lap. He squeals, starts patting his lap, and then drives right into a dumpster. And that action sequence made me laugh, because it yeah. is actually really funny. But otherwise, I think it was kind of more of a smile film. It wasn't really a yeah. belly laugh kind of, I don't know, out loud I don't know. What do you, do you think that's about the right? Or that's I think that's thought? right. I think there are a few genuine laughs, but for the most part, it's true. It's more, it's more of a ha huh movie. Yeah. Uh, there's only one little nitpicky question that I have, and maybe you can answer this because I just didn't notice. In all this whole plot and all the varied contrivances and stuff, how do the nihilists know Bunny has gone? All I can, all I figured, well, one of the nihilists is Carl Hungus or <laughs> Uli, whatever. Right. And he, I figure he must have some connection to her. She may even have told him she's getting out of town. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it might have just been she gave him a drunken call and said, I'm on to Vegas. Yeah. It's, and That's she likes to, to sing about Vegas. It's a tiny little thing. It's the it's only a, thing I couldn't wrap my. It's like why did this Because we know they're still connected because he the first time the dude sees him is at, uh, you know, at their house. He's in the pool. Yeah, he's at the Big Lebowski's house. So I, I figured it had to be through him. Because we don't want to just give away the yeah. ending, right? Because, no. but this is a special series. Yeah, this one is about quotes. Yes, and I pulled. I went to numerous sites. I searched high. I went to a site and I took their five top quotes for this film. Um, did you write down quotes during the film? I did. So I'm going to list theirs first and then I'll ask you yours and see how many of these uh, coincide. Uh, their top quotes were number five, Smokey, this is not nom. This is bowling. There are rules. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, uh, I, I, for Smokey, I had a world of pain, Smokey. <laughs> uh, you do a better Goodman than I do. Number four, you see what happens, Larry? This is what happens when you f a stranger in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three, I'm the dude, so that's what you call me. That or his dudeness or uh, duder or El yeah. Duderino, if you're not Didn't in the have whole brevity thing. Mm -hmm. Do you have that one? Nope. Oh. You said it, man. Nobody f***s with the Jesus. Yep. That's number two. And I probably not a big surprise. Number yeah. one, the dude abides. Dude abides. I got that one. I had so, a few others. So what else did you have? Well, I had, I, a lot of mine are John Goodman, but some like, I liked Sam, Sam Elliott's, he's the man for this time and place. <laughs> it's like, 
okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then after one of the uh, thugs pees on the dude's floor, like, hey, at least I'm housebroken. <laughs> I like that. And of course, yeah, it really tied the room together. Yeah. About the rug. Forget it, Donnie. You're out of your element, which he keeps says at everything. You know, you're not wrong, Walter. You're just an hole. <laughs> yep, that was one of mine. All, all right, then. <laughs> Life does not start and stop at your convenience, you miserable piece of <laughs> I already did the I am the walrus. Yeah. And of course, ah, f it, dude. Let's go bowling. The other ones I had that weren't part of that list. I'm sorry, did you ever have any more? Or? I did, but what, what do you got? The only other ones that I have are, you human paraquat. That's a good one. I got that I, one. And you want a toe? I can get you yeah, a toe. A toe. <laughs> I, I can get you a toe by 3 p.m. with nail polish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that and Maud's odd was like, he's a good man and thorough. <laughs> that's, when, that's when I'm going, oh, she's doing, she's doing Catherine Hepburn. And, I'm sure. Yeah. And, you know. I pay you, you know, what is it, however much, bones or clams or whatever you call them. <laughs> <laughs> so that leads to our serious question. It's going to seem pretty obvious in this yeah. case, but is this a quotable movie? Oh, heavens, yes. Yeah. It just is. I mean, it's the Coen brothers. It right? is. If nothing else, you're going to get some amazing lines. Was that your buddy in the chipper shredder? <laughs> <laughs> I'm cooperating with you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, going to barf. Okay, I'm done. Now I'm hungry again. <laughs> oh, you know, funny looking. <laughs> funny looking. Go Bears. <laughs> so, yeah, it is a quotable film. And it's, it's. I think a lot of people, there's two things that people like most about this film. And it's the quotes and it's the philosophy of the yeah. dude. Yeah, people... People apparently like Jeff Daniels goes used to go around doing like lectures about the dude's way of living. Yeah. Huh. Which um, I guess if you have somebody paying for everything and you just want to sit and toke up and uh, space out or however that goes, sure. Oh, sorry. I got I got two more. Oh, Max. <laughs> sorry. I, I just like when Maud shows up in Jeffrey's apartment with his robe on. And goes, Jeffrey, love me. And he just said, that's my robe. <laughs> and when he said, Walter, you're living in the past. It's another Walter line. 3,000 years of beautiful tradition from Moses to Sandy Koufax. You're goddamn right I'm living in the fucking past. I thought it was like 5,000 years. It's six, but okay. Uh, well, there you go. See, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was year 5,000 something right now. No, no. It's about the year 6,000 and change, I think. Um, You, um... You don't know? I don't know, okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Bad Jew. No bagel. <laughs> All right. Well, I have gotten through my notes and my quotes, notes and quotes. By the um, way, it's the year 5783, I just remembered. Uh-huh. So it is 5,000 <laughs> something. Almost 6,000. Who knew it? The gay guy. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm done with my notes. Uh, what yep, about you? Yep, me too. Let's get to the end. The finish. So, Max. Yeah. You've seen it, you said, a couple of times, potentially yep. when it came out like me and yep. for this it, show, like and a, me. And at least once in between. Somewhere also oh, three times. Yeah. I understand how this film could make you have trouble counting. Numbers are hard. Don't know what year it is, but. <clears throat> <laughs> so what is your overall, well, actually, do you remember your initial reaction when you saw it? Yeah, I remember. I was like, oh, that was fun. I, it, I know a lot of people love this movie, I mean, they just adore it. They worship it. It's 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 like they're they're they're, they're Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I I I liked it. I didn't think it was this work of genius that a lot of people seem to think it is. Well, I mean, we'll get get to what we think of it now. It is very good, but well, let's get back to that. What about you? You saw well, you you may or may not have seen it in the theater. <laughs> well, first, I want to thank you for using Star Wars in relation to this film, which brings uh, legitimacy uh, to my yep, opening. <laughs> yep, brings it. Like, that's a callback you got there. That's what we call a callback in the business. <laughs> my feeling when I saw it was that, eh, and then I found out how much people loved it, and I was like, really? I don't get it. I just, it's, mm, and it might be an age thing. I don't know. But I, my initial feeling was, well, that was a film. Okay. Nothing really happens. Eh. And I 
moved on and has sought a reason to watch it again. I think somebody gave it to us. I think I actually own a copy somewhere. I couldn't find it, so I had to rent it, but I was like, eh. And I'd seen other Coen Brothers films that I liked better, like Fargo, which is interesting because I know a lot of people who hate that movie. Most of them in Minnesota, but yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. The only person I know from Minnesota is you, and you're not even <laughs> from Minnesota. But uh, now we, of course, have a different perspective because yeah. we're older and we're more critically watching it because yeah. our noses and are higher in the air. Yep. Let, let me let me do mine now because this is where I want to get oh, back. Oh, no, of course. Oh. I always let you go oh. first. Okay. Uh, I got to say, I think I, this gets better. And the more, as I've seen it more, there are things I appreciate it more. If nothing else, the soundtrack, I think, is so cool. Well, that's a Coen Brothers thing, right? Yeah. When do they have a bad soundtrack? They never but, do. But this, they re the soundtrack is really a part of the movie, more so than it is in a lot of theirs. They're often really good, but there's some more background. This, you know the dude can hear the music that we can hear somehow. Well, in some cases, literally, but other cases, I just think he can hear the soundtrack. Except for his dreams, all of the music is playing somewhere in the background. True, true. Which is, I really appreciate that. That's because a nice otherwise, touch. music is just playing and it's we've gotten yep. used to it because movies used to be silent and they had to have yep. something and that's why we have soundtracks. And I do really appreciate the writing more. I still don't think it's this towering work of genius. I don't know if it's my favorite Cone Brothers. I'd have to think about that, what he is. Yeah. I think it's good. I just, I don't understand the fanaticism it's uh, it's generated what about you how does it hold up for you i'm gonna be pretty much diametrically in total agreement with you oh <laughs> see what it's, he did there <laughs> yeah he hurt himself yeah uh ooh, there goes another brain cell i don't love this film i don't get it it doesn't reverberate on the same frequency that i reverberate on entirely but that being said, the writing is really good. The acting is outstanding. I mean, the one oh, thing yeah. the Coen brothers do is they get oh, performances. They get good people. Or, again, they know the people to get that will be able to level up to their needs, however you want to put that. Everybody is interesting in this film. Even Steve Buscemi, who's barely there, the poor guy who we know can do a way better than this is still you know, like he's a necessary part he might be the reason that the dude still hangs out with walter because if there wasn't some sort of cushion the two of them together would kill each other any two it doesn't matter who uh philip seymour hoffman barely there but man does he oh, make a presence knocks when he's it there. out of the park julian yep. moore i thought was amazing i loved her in this yep. uh, tara reed was in focus well, she doesn't have anything to do. She doesn't Let's have anything to do. She's she only to... has like two or three lines. But to be fair, when she's sitting there blowing my toes, <laughs> the scene she's in, she does fine in. She yep. does exactly what she needs to do. So I'm not going to look down at her at all. Uh, but really, the star of this film is Amy Mann. Let's just face it. <laughs> sure. I would say if you like quirky films, especially if you like whodunits, for example, if you can allow yourself to not try and figure it out before you watch the film, you may really enjoy getting pulled along by one of the weirdest plots yeah. for, mm. uh, I guess, for getting money. That and even, even if the plot doesn't get you, I think the characters will. Or at least, because John Goodman actually really got on my nerves. Not his acting, just the character, but he's supposed oh, yeah. to. Yep. So... And it is funny to see him when you he's backed into a corner and told he's wrong, and he is wrong, and how he just refuses to let go, because we all know somebody yep. like that oh, in yeah. our lives. That's like, I am right, and even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs> so my feeling is, if you're a Coen Brothers fan and you haven't seen it, by all means, see it. If you like quirky cinema and you haven't seen it, see it. If you're a fan of this film, go ahead and watch it again. You could use the toke, I'm sure. <laughs> but... Mm. We do have a poll question we'd like yes. to go over again. And by Tell me, us. I mean me. Yes. What's your favorite cinematic twisty turny whodunit? And you can answer us without the marmot by sending us an email like Dr. Lauren, and you can send it directly to us at us at maxmikemovies.com, which means, of course, we have a website, which you all know, and that is maxmikemovies.com, where we have all of our episodes. Make some comments, make some suggestions. Hey, this week's episode was a suggestion from one of our listeners who yes, said, hey, was. quotable films, man, you should do The Big Lebowski. And we did. So, hey, they're timely. We may even change our original plan and take your idea, which we did. 
We may come to your house and eat all your food. Now, we send the marmot for that. Oh, that too. And no, we're not going to replace our lovely pony with a marmot. So, you're safe. Come on. No. Sure, we could have Marty, the wonder marmot. Remember what happened to your last marmot? Yes. There you go. That's why we can't have nice things like marmots. Hey, you can find us on social media as long as that social media is Facebook, Max Mike Movies. And hey, if you like podcasts, oh boy, are we out there, even without us trying. <laughs> Name an app, we're on it, Max Mike Movies. And we are here for all your movie needs, so much so. We're going to continue this series, quotes, unquotes, and quotes, with another film next week. I, I know, crazy of us to even think of doing this, but that's just the kind of guys we are. But I don't mm-hmm. pick next week. Max does. Max, yes. how yes. are we continuing in this series? Well, hello. My name is Max Levine. You watched my movie, Prepare to Die. That's all. See you later. No, no, no. That was, <laughs> that was a mangled quote from, from next week's movie, The Princess Bride. Boy, this this is another worshipped movie. Really, I, I think it's pretty much unknown, and no one's ever heard of it, oh, or, yeah. or likes it, or quotes it, or anything. Yeah, even if they haven't seen it, they probably have never heard "Good yeah. Luck Storming the Castle" or yeah, yep. things like that. So it's, we kind of have to do this. If if there was a quotable movie, it's this one. Well, so what's your final word for this week, Max? As you wish. This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.